0: I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okay, today we are talking about the seventh episode of the third season of Leverage called The Gone Fishing Job. Beth, what did you think? Once again, it was not about sustainable fish farming (laughs) practices. Not even slightly. The title is in fact a reference to the fact that Elliot's insistence on him and Hardison go fishing, like bro's... Gets them fucking kidnapped. What a comment on toxic masculinity. <laughs> Not that there's anything
1: toxic necessarily no. about going fishing, but like, you know.
0: Elliot's really just like, I'm going to make you smell fresh air if it kills me. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do love that for him.
1: I do love the, like, dad energy of like, no, get away from your computer, come outside, touch grass.
0: <laughs> Real shame that his point was immediately undermined by getting effectively kidnapped by Nazis.
1: mm fun yeah look they're psychopaths um i do have oh okay before we get too far into that because i feel like that's going to be a rabbit hole that we're just gonna spiral straight into perfect i i have a note and at a couple of points in this episode i was like wow this really reminds me of the cw supernatural and oh no i spotted (laughs) none of those points (laughs) they're all pretty silly don't worry there uh, so I'm going to run through them very quickly so that we don't get bogged down in
0: those. I was like, there are some episodes that I watch of the, the CW show Supernatural and I'm like, oh, this is, there is literally an identical episode of Leverage. And there are some episodes of Leverage that I've watched since watching some of the CW Supernatural and I go, I can see the parallels here. Mm, mm-hmm. I didn't see any here. So I am nervous to see what you have to say now.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's not like insane, okay. but... I just really love the moment we see Elliot doing his mental mind map of the route that they've been kidnapped yeah. and taken on.
0: No, actually, I think I... Are you thinking, like, Benders coded? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah,
1: It's Sam coded. And I was like, wow. In Supernatural, we just got to hear Sam tell us the information. In leverage, we get to see Elliot actually doing it. I was like, wow, who's even wearing plaid? Yeah. I was like, damn, look at this boy go. Uh, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about, We, I want to say, I reckon it was like Wendigo, right? Like, it was like really early on in Supernatural. And we were talking about how no fucking government worker, whether they be fake park rangers or fake IRS, is going to be showing up to anyone's fucking door after 5pm. If they're a government worker, they are not coming to your house after 5pm. That's just not going to happen. Unless they're coming for like a super top secret raid of something, yeah. like you know, they're not. No, no fucking person from the tax office is gonna be working after five p.m. Maybe then they get paid overtime.
0: Like, like no one's paying overtime. They're certainly year. not making house calls
1: yeah. after five p.m. No one is doing that. And I saw this, and I was like. Uh, I understand that if a strange man came to your door and threatened you with, like, homelessness, essentially, mm. I understand that's a stressful situation. But, like, babe, she gives him her credit card. And I'm like, okay, right, here's the thing. I'm in her situation. I am trying to, like, put myself in her shoes. And I'm like, okay, say I am in her shoes. And I'm like, the only way that I can think to get rid of this man, because also the IRS is not going to ask for your fucking credit card. That's-
0: no, they what? are not...
1: That is the stupidest thing I have ever heard. So then I'm like, okay, if a strange man came to my house and for some fucking reason I let him in the door after 5pm and he starts making these ridiculous claims and he's like, oh, if you give me your credit card, I will fucking leave. Okay, I'd give him my credit card to get him out of my house. I would lock the door. I would call the police. And then I would call my fucking bank. The emergency the 24-7 fucking hotlines. Or I would go to my banking, like, app or online banking and I would move every fucking dime out of that account. Like, Or cancel the
0: cra- card. Yeah,
1: just report it as fucking stolen yeah. or missing. Like, why did she not... T- Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was like, I like, not to victim blame. No. But also, I was like, at what point did you not consider taking think, any of these steps?
0: I think that's kind of the point, though. The, like, the scam that they're running relies on people who just want to do the right thing. Like, you know, like they just want to do the right thing and they're not aware enough of the legal system or of the standard practices of these agencies to question the, frankly, unprofessional behaviour. Because, like, here's the thing, whether it's a debt collection agency or the IRS or whatever, no actual legitimate debt collection agency Is going to threaten that sort of vile? Like, yeah, genuinely, I like.
1: If that dude had been like, "Oh, I'll go and I'll bring the sheriff back," I would have been like, "Okay, do it." Okay, do (laughs) it. Okay. Especially when you have,
0: especially when presumably she has actual documentation of the payment plan that she is currently on for her back taxes. Mm -hmm. Like, here's like here's the other thing. It's not like she's been refusing to pay them for years Mm -hmm. like she is trying to do the right thing she has a pre-negotiated agreement they don't have a warrant out for her fucking arrest like like and they're saying they could put a lien on their on her house no government agency is going to put a lien on her house but again it's sort of that thing of they're relying on these victims not being aware of what their rights are and not being aware of what the actual process would look like if a government agency decided to do this because They're not going to put a lien on her house. They have no right to do that. Mm. And the fact that he straight up goes like... He's like,
1: we're going to put a lien on your house. And then immediately he's like, we have the right to do that. I'm like, wow, can you be any more transparent about the fact that you absolutely do not have the right to do that?
0: Also, the fact that he's like, I'll bring the sheriff back and you'll get, like, kicked out tonight. That's not how that fucking works. Here's the thing, though. With a lien on your house... Basically, that just means you have to make the repayment or they'll take your house. They have to give you time to make the repayment. No, it just gives them your keys. It there just... is a whole process for it. And, like, that's the thing. They are, they are doing a massive dodgy, and we absolutely know why they're doing a massive dodgy. It's because the dude that's running this fucking shit is a bad dude. Fucking shitty. Straight up Nazi is the words that come to my brain.
1: Yeah, look, I... Yeah. This episode is fucking buck wild a lot happens oh the one other thing mm-hmm. that i was like wow supernatural coded it's completely unintentional and it it's not act- actually a character thing at all but the name that the evil guy uses to try and like trick sophie into like like catching her out mm-hmm. and he says that the name of the person is charlie dean and yeah. i was like ah, charlie dean <laughs> i was like that's the best alias i love that which also, I was like, oh, this is immediately obviously a trap. Like, yeah. Charlie Dean, either it doesn't exist or is dead. Like, yeah. those are the two options.
0: Like- and similar to Tara in The Future Job, Sophie sees immediately through it. Like, mm-hmm. like, Sophie and Nate, like, between the two of them, they work out, no, like, they're dead. Because this is the same trick that the psychic, Rand, Rand? Rand, yes. Dalton Rand, the psychic in uh, The Future, the future job. job, in last season. This is the same trick he pulls, but in reverse. In that episode, he asks, oh, what does my mother have to say? And then the response, the correct response is, that's really hard for me to tell, considering she's not fucking dead. Um, Whereas this one, the answer is, oh, what a shame you hadn't heard that he'd passed away. Yeah. Imagine if he hadn't. Like, imagine if the dude was just kicking, like alive and kicking, and he was genuinely
1: asking. And so he's like, didn't you hear he died? Can you imagine, like, the trauma that you're putting this person through? I do have a question for you. Mm -hmm. At the very top of the episode, Mm -hmm. Parker is, like, maliciously gutting a piñata. Not quite as maliciously as Elliot, who rips its head off. And she makes a whole point of, like, finding, like, the last green, like, lolly or whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. it is that she's trying to get. And I was like, surely this piñata is going to be relevant. Surely this is going to, like, if they even talk about the piñata, like, they even put it in the fucking text dialogue. Yeah. I was like, they're really drawing attention to this fucking piñata. And then I'm like, it just, they don't, like, does it come back? It's like, is this a thing? Like, does Parker have some innate love of piñata destroying that we get to learn about? Like, is this, like, a fucking foreshadowing thing? Like,
0: because she mentions buying multiple piñatas, and I'm like, does she not really, like... I think the point is just that she loves piñatas. I don't think we ever get another mention of piñata, but the fact that she's going through and specifically finding the green candy is significant. Okay. Interesting. Because we do get... Canonical confirmation that green is her favourite colour. That's really cute and all, but the piñata thing then confuses me greatly. I think it's just to, like, demonstrate that Nader's pushing them quite significantly. Um, And we do get also the text dialogue of why can't we take a few days off between jobs? And, like, Elliot's clearly pissy because he's clearly injured injured in some way. And they're immediately pushing him into... Mm -hmm. A new, like, a new job, which is why he immediately volunteers himself and Hardison for the bank so that he can go fishing with his Mm -hmm. buddy bro.
1: Okay, I have two follow-up points to this. Mm -hmm. Number one, is that why your favourite
0: colour is green? Or are you just
1: really Parker coded
0: So my my favourite colour is green is because my sister's favourite colour was green. And I wanted everything to be like her. So... (laughs) I decided my favorite color was green in, like, high school. And then I discovered that, yeah, no, actually, my favorite color is definitely green. That is Like, so and I just funny. never grew out of it. Like, I, I was like, my favorite color is green. And then the more I started, like, thinking about green as my favorite color, the more I'm like, oh, yeah, no, this is 100% correct. Mm-hmm. Like, whether I did it originally to copy my sister or not. Yeah. In my it mind. It just held. In my
1: mind, the color green is intrinsically linked to both you and Naomi but it's very different types of yeah. green. You are specifically like emerald green. Yeah, Naomi green, is green, specifically green. like sage green. Sage green. Yeah. I'm like if I ever see those colors I'm like Naomi or Jamie. Like that's it. That's it. And if I see olive green I'm like clothing for me. Here is my other my other point. I if the piñata is not actually mm-hmm. relevant, I do actually dislike it. And my reasoning for this is that Parker is such a, for lack of a better word, quirky character, mm-hmm. right? But she is inherently quirky, like, and it is written into her in such a sort of delicate way. Like she'll she'll say out of pocket things and stuff, and it, like it comes, it kind of
0: comes into her autistic coding, right? Yeah. Like she's that's... quirky in consistent characterization. Yeah, exactly. It's not just like oh, we're just gonna have her ra- say this random thing. For funsies, like for me, just because it's, yeah. you know, all of it does tie into a greater, consistent characterization that they've pretty consistently kept up. Yeah, from the pilot, exactly.
1: Giving her a giant, brightly colored pinata to like destroy quite pointedly, and like, I for me, it feels like they're just trying to be like, oh, haha, look at Parker, she's so weird and quirky,
0: and I'm like, it's unnecessary because I, I, mean? I personally I... don't read it like that. I can certainly see how that could be your reading. Personally, I've read it as, like, this is sort of Parker trying to enjoy the childhood that she never got. I mean, because yeah, that, but does in what in... context? In the context of a business meeting that they're currently having? In the context of she's always going to seek out the things that she sort of associates with childhood, but the childhood that she never got to have. So, like, of course when they're, like, they, they said they're in Juarez. Like, of course when she's in Juarez where there are piñatas readily available, she's going to get some piñatas. Like, she, and I, like, I, it's like a special treat to herself. Like, she's.
1: Here's the thing. If we had seen her buy the piñata yeah. and then later in the episode she's sitting on the couch mm-hmm. or whatever pulling, Sure. And I would fully actually love that. But the fact that we get no lead up context, we get no follow up context, we just have a single isolated scene where she is for some unknown reason pulling apart a piñata. I'm like, okay, but you like you've done that just for like the cheap ha ha value of Parker has a piñata. And I personally think that it's no, that's fair. I think that it detracts from her character because I feel like they're just being like, oh, yeah, that's just Parker. She's just weird. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I'm like, no, like, everything she does makes sense. Like, what you just explained makes sense. But they don't actually show us that. We are feeling that in in the negative space. Like, I think that it just does a disservice to the character to have her just doing something that Mm -hmm. seems, like, wildly inappropriate and weird without showing, like, any context surrounding it. Do
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's absolutely, like, I can certainly see, again, personally, I don't agree, but... That, like I I feel like I know where you're coming from And You're not saying oh it's out of character for Parker to have a pinata. No, I don't think it's you're out saying, of character. You're saying I think it's a cheap some... it's a cheap ploy to get some like oh ha ha she's quirky value out of it. Yeah, exactly. Which I don't know. I feel like the fact that we see her like gravitate towards like brightly colored cereals and that sort of stuff just sort of makes it a bit more in character for me. But I mean, I'm not saying the pinata yeah. is out of character.
1: I'm just saying the scene in isolation mm-hmm. with no context. Yeah, is. I think it feels cheap. Okay. But also in saying that, like, in this type of show where, like, everything is supposed to mean something yeah. and, like, throw away shit, like, I was fully expecting the piñata to be relevant at some point. Yeah.
0: And then the fact that it wasn't just, uh, yeah. you know. Which is weird because, yeah, normally literally everything you see in the first half of an episode of Leverage, normally everything mm-hmm. comes back, including, which I'm moving on now completely. Yeah. I'm not going to mention that again. Uh, otherwise we will spiral. Including the fucking cigarette. Mm-hmm. Like, Hardison asked for, like, he's like, Geneva Convention, I require... Which I tried to
1: Google, by the way, and apparently there are clauses about cigarettes and, like, whether or not, like, prisoners of war are entitled to them. I could not find the exact thing he was referencing, but they have included
0: it. But also, the other thing is, like, he is very clearly just basing it off of the knowledge that they know jack shit about the fucking geneva convention which is why i was
1: curious because i was like is he fully bullshitting right now or does this this, is this just some niche knowledge he has
0: (laughs) with the hardison it could literally be either exactly and that's why i was like i need to know the answer to this immediately so and like you know so we get the cigarette we get the offhanded shots of like the molasses and all that sort of stuff you can put together where they're going with this. If you have the niche knowledge. Yeah. yeah. If or you have the niche knowledge, you can put it together. Or you want to
1: Google stuff yeah. in that episode. Yeah. Like
0: you can. <laughs> like, all of all of the clues are there that something bigger is going on. Which does lead me to potentially one of my favorite lines in the episode, which is, next time I steal you a train, get on it. <laughs> he is so fucking pissed because also, like, the thing is... The stealing of the train thing is one of the things that tipped the mark off. Yeah. That then put everyone else in greater danger. Mm Mm-hmm. Because it's because of all of this that you have Parker who's worrying and then they're like, oh, we should check in on the new girl.
1: Although, to be fair, like, it wasn't Parker worrying that had them, like, they were already Mm -hmm. paying attention to her. So, Mm -hmm. like, I can understand Nate being pissed because, like, they wasted a lot of time and resources doing that for them. Although, I, I, here's the thing, right? I was confused about them not getting on the train, because I was like, okay, yeah, I fully understand, like, you want to go back and make sure that those insane people mm. don't hurt any pe- anyone else, right? Yeah. But I was also like, you could get on the train, get away, be de-handcuffed, and come back with, like, fucking backup, team, yeah. right? You know? Or, like, call the actual authorities and tip them off. And, like, Hardison makes a point, like, you know, oh, we could call the FBI. I'm like... What about local law enforcement who will be way closer and could call in for backup?
0: Like, you don't have to go to the feds for everything. I like, think the <laughs> point is, though, with with a threat like this, where it's literally like a fertilizer bomb, perhaps the local law enforcement is not I mean, equipped and knowledgeable enough to deal with it and they don't want to run the risk of... Like, yeah, but they would have their own protocol. Like,
1: if someone called in and was like, hey, like we have reason to believe that there is like explosives
0: on this premises or whatever. They're not just I mean they should go always, in there. This always does run the risk of them just straight up not believing them.
1: Yeah. And I mean like look, obviously I'm glad that the bad guys get, you know, apprehended, yeah. but I
0: It does feel a little bit like they didn't think that decision through. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: But that's okay because they had a plan. That plan was CWA. Everyone knows that's the most clear-cut, you know, decisive plan. Mm-hmm. Nothing can ever go wrong with that. We do get the iconic line in this, though, of last time I did this, it was easier, and then and goes, why? And he goes, because the other guy was dead.
1: Yeah, iconic, hilarious, did love that. I also loved the high-five
0: for morale. That is so funny. <laughs> that will come back. High-five for morale is... Yes, it does come back. It is a very fun thing that does become reoccurring. Mm-hmm. I also like the first time that we see high five for morale, Elliot immediately grabs his hand and cuts it open. Yeah, that's the part I love. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just a high five for morale, like, it's, no. it's an inherent
1: betrayal. <laughs> exactly. Actually, I want to talk about Hardison and Elliot on the run. Mm-hmm. First of all, I, I'm confused. Just generally, mm-hmm. but primarily by, like, they make a whole point of, like, rub this on you to, like, yeah. you know, hide your scent or whatever, and then Elliot's like, right, now cut your palm open and put it on a tray. I'm like, surely opposite order. Like, surely you you mark the thing and then you hide your scent and then you move, not hide your scent and then make your
0: scent ten times stronger. <laughs> I don't know what's happening there. Like, I, I think, obviously, Elliot's meant to have experience with this. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's to sort of, like, get the dogs to fixate on a specific point. It's like, hide the scent. Then they have that one point, like, a little bit further. Because they do it sort of at the same time. Mm. Like, they're hiding their scent as they leave a bit of the blood. Yeah. And then they... Which continue. is the part that confused yeah. me. Because I was like, surely you would leave the blood,
1: then cover your scent, and then move on. Because yeah. then they don't know which direction you've gone, mm. kind of thing. So, I mean, that was confusing yeah. for me personally like to be fair i don't know anything about running from my life in the wilderness you know i don't have that innate knowledge but yeah for me i was like that seems like a weird order to do that mm-hmm. in common sense would dictate the other way around
0: Don't get look i just i relate so heavily to hardison in this episode like there are so many moments in this episode where i'm like yeah i'm hardison like the the line i can fish in a grocery store oh also what's that smell fresh air i don't like it <laughs> like literally like even all the way down to the fucking video game fishing at the end
1: iconic obsessed i also love elliot's bucket hat like forward thinking fashion man yeah
0: it just hard to sit in this episode is like he has that line where he's like uh, elliot's like are you scared And he goes yep i have fears and doubts and very serious regrets
1: I should be fine! I was literally just about to say that exact same quote. I wrote it down because I loved it. Because, yeah, Elliot makes the point, like, overconfidence will kill you faster than a bullet any day. And I was like, cool, we're fine then. And then Hardison came back with that. And I was like, relatable content, sir. Relatable content. Oh, okay. I do have a couple other things on Elliot and Hardison.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Number one. I think it's whack that the rest of the team did not notice that Elliot and Hardison were fucking radio silent MIA.
0: I think it's just because they knew they were going like sort of like rural, like a remote, so they knew that there was a good chance that the earbuds just wouldn't have service. I mean, maybe, but like it seems weird that they
1: wouldn't have at least tried to check in with them at some point. Like, yeah, and given any- that they're usually pretty ex- like consistently in contact with each other at all yeah. times, it just seemed whack. I mean, I guess they are distracted. Yeah. But still, I was like, damn, you think that they would have, like, you think that they would have, like, check-in points? Like, hey, if we haven't checked in with you guys by this time or whatever, like, maybe, you know. College
0: base and just make sure
1: that we're... Especially given that they know they're going to be separated by quite significant distance mm-hmm. and that they're going rurally and, like, bits and bobs. Like, I feel like that would have just made sense from a, like, safety logistics standpoint to, like, have a set you know, time frame where it's like, you know... It's like if you have a friend who's going on a date and you're like, okay, cool. Text me by 6pm to, you know, ma- let me know that the person's not a murderer kind mm-hmm. of thing. Or, like, text me a picture of their license plate. Like, it's just it's just safety stuff. Yeah. And it just... Yeah, for me, it's like... I don't know. You guys have been so professional. And this is the thing we know. They're so good mm-hmm. at, at this point. I mean, we've known they're this good since the fucking pilot. But, like, it just seems like a very simple thing to overlook. At
0: this point, they're no longer just so good individually they're so good as a team yeah
1: and you know what it funnily enough it actually kind of links back into what we were just talking about Elliot saying overconfidence will get you killed yeah because i think it is actually they've gotten so comfortable Mm. in their group and they trust each other to know what to do and to get out of it so well that they have become a bit cocky and overconfident
0: and like and because the thing is normally something like this wouldn't take them by the surprise but the issue is Hardison couldn't do his normal research on this dude because this dude was barely online. Mm. So Hardison couldn't spot any of the warning signs. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he normally would to be able to give them a bit of a heads up. Yeah.
1: Hardison couldn't tap the headset that Parker was using to know that the other people were also tapping the headset. Mm. Like, you know. Yeah. It becomes a problem. Oh, Parker deleting the medical
0: debt. Yes. Motherfucking mood. That is... You know what that is? That's growth. Hmm. She she rings the first person and she's like, hi, I'm here to, talk, like, ask you about your debt with Amherst Oncology Centre. First up, she can't even get it out. She's like, yeah. oh, we lost connection. Better just fucking delete that. Mm-hmm. And then she realises it's almost all primarily medical debt. And she's like, I'm just going to, mm-hmm. you know, and she's like, it's my first day. i got to work. Yeah. And I just, I love that because, like, you, season one Parker would not have... Thought to do it. Thought to do it. Mm-hmm. Season one Parker would not have made that same decision. Season one Parker would not have even sort of, like, she just wouldn't have thought about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and it certainly wouldn't have been sort of the things that she cared about. And so for us to get sort of midway through the third season and for it to be like, oh no, like, this is like, this is a distinct character choice. Yeah. Like, this is. This is part of Parker's growth.
1: It's actually really interesting that it comes in this episode as well, because we also have this being the episode where Hardison's like, dude, we cannot just leave. Mm-hmm. Like, we have to, like, right? We Which have mirrors to back. the
0: inside job.
1: Yeah. And, like, even me making the point before about, like, dude, you should have gotten on the train and yeah. come back with backup. Like, I still think that it's interesting from a character perspective mm-hmm. that, yeah, they were like, we're not just gonna, like, we have the opportunity to get out right now. These are characters who who value their own safety over mm-hmm. anything else. They're like, we have the opportunity to leave right now. The train is literally in front of us. We are letting it go past us. Yeah. But there is a possibility that there will be more civilian casualties if we leave than yeah. if we stay. So they choose to stay. And I'm like, that is so interesting because this isn't part of the job. No. This is like a side quest that these guys have gone on. This is like a DD and d campaign where you like split the group and like... Two people are having like literally fighting for their motherfucking lives, and the rest of the
0: party is just like drinking beer and like corporate off like like drinking and like yeah. carrying on. Like, do you want to know what's really fucking hilarious? About you comparing it to D and D campaign. Mm. The new D and D movie has the tagline: "Sometimes you don't get heroes; you only have thieves," <laughs> which is fucking hilarious okay. to me.
1: Here's the thing, though: a leverage based D and D campaign would be fucking peak. Mm-hmm. Would be iconic. Mm -hmm.
0: I would love it. I just want to point out there is like a little moment in the scene that I've never noticed before. I watched it this time, but the moment where Parker pulls up the computer screen and there is like a cat yowling. Oh my god! Yeah, and it like startles her, and then you you see just a shot of the screen. A terrible cat meme. Did you did you read the terrible cat meme? I did, but I didn't note it down. Okay, so I literally... It's like pink writing or something. It's pink writing. It's just the cat behind the wheel that says, Out of my way, you old bat. Mm -hmm. Which I think is so fucking hilarious. And also, Parker coded, considering we literally get the line from Parker in this episode, that's, Who knew a sedan could eat 140? Yes,
1: my favourite part about that...
0: Like, Sophie's like, you're banned from driving.
1: Yeah, my favourite part of the episode was Sophie revoking Parker's right to drive. <laughs> I thought that was iconic.
0: So I find it very fun that, like, that is very Parker-coded. Like, it is so Parker-coded. It's very, very fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Oh! I forgot my other thing that
1: was Supernatural-coded. Okay. They pulled the a fire alarm. They did, Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nothing more to say on no. that. I just think it's funny when they do things that happen in the CW Supernatural. Though mm. mm. no, I
0: don't think this is even the first time they've pulled the fire alarm in this show. No,
1: it's not. Like- I just, I will always point it mm. out. Very quickly, I've still got a few notes on Elliot and Hartson. Okay. So. I love their bickering, by the way. This whole episode. Like, you know, you sort of yeah. did the you know the back and forth bit before about like, oh yeah, it was easier last time the guy was dead. Like, yeah. the whole fresh air thing. Like, it's very fun. I very much enjoy their dynamic. I think it's very entertaining. Hardison
0: has a teller of rock, paper, scissors. Yeah.
1: Like, like peak. <laughs> Actually, also super natural coded. But what I wanted to talk about is, again, while they're like being hunted by like the mm-hmm. crazy people and the dogs and stuff, I'm like, they are yelling. I'm like, guys shut up like you're being like they oh you kind- think the dogs are
0: gonna get your scent they'll fucking hear you the people will he- stop yelling guys. they are kind of relying on the fact though that these dudes are very clearly not fucking trained at all like these dudes are fucking idiots I mean, like i'm not trained either
1: but if i was trying to chase someone through abandoned woods and i can hear some random people's yelling i would probably head in that direction like i don't think you know, it's,
0: it's not... It's pretty... Two plus two is four, you know? Yeah. Like, it's not... And I can't do maths, but I'm pretty certain. <laughs> you, well, you couldn't work out that you were roughly 17 miles from the bank, like... No,
1: I would... I'd be like, I don't know. There are trees, Nate. What do you want from me?
0: <laughs> I, I do love the fact that Hardison's version of planning to get them out is like, oh, well, the van's old. Maybe we could bust the door open. I know.
1: And, and what? Like, just I'm, roll onto the road? <laughs> and
0: Ellie's like, I'm fucking counting, mate. Shut the fuck up. Like... I also want to very quickly just touch on
1: Elliot being like, is this a black thing? Like, bro. And, like, I'm glad that Hardison Mm. is like, yes, obviously. They're fucking racist. What the fuck? Yeah, who do you think they're going to shoot first? Who do you think is more likely to die in this scenario? And I was like, yeah, actually tell him that. What the fuck? Mm. I just thought it was a wild statement. And, like, obviously they have Hardison immediately be like, Yes, obviously that's a fucking problem. Like, are yes. you stupid? But I'm also like wild that Elliot said it at all. Mm-hmm. Like, it just felt so out of pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, his whole purpose as a character within like the narrative is to know about the safety of his crew. Yes, this is a component. Yeah, about the sa- like, he should be so aware of this. Mm. This should have been one of the first things he thought of. Yes. Given the context of the situation they are in, given the nature of the people that they are being mm. held captive by. Yeah. This is not a thing he should be questioning right now. Also, this is
0: not the first time that, you know, the discussion of Hardison's race has been a factor in his safety. Yeah. Because we literally have the three days of the hunter job mm-hmm. where it's made very clear that just by being a black man... Hardison is in more danger... Than anyone else. Than anyone else. Yeah. And it's like, my dude. You what know, do you this mean? Be- like, and I, I think I kind of understand Elliot's point, which is, we're both probably gonna die. Because they are shooting at both of us. Why does it practically matter? But the issue is, it does it actually does matter. Practically
1: matter. Because they're gonna aim for Hardison first. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I... I... Bro. And it really threw me because like yeah like Elliot's primary focus is on everyone's safety and we have had him verbally say before like my job is to get everyone out alive mm-hmm. like that is his focus in these scenarios mm-hmm. and I'm like dude like in this particular instance this is actually so relevant mm-hmm. and I it surprised me that it came from like Elliot. like well the fact that
0: it, like, it came up yeah. at all as like a disagreement yeah like i was and like like bro. the other thing is it's not just that like hardison is a man of color it is also that he is significantly less trained than elliot yeah which means elliot is more likely to have the skills to get himself out of the situation mm-hmm. it's not only that you know hardison is black it's he's black and he's also not a fucking wild like wilderness warrior like yeah he's not equipped for this situation he's not Physically, emotionally, or mentally equipped for
1: this situation. He's at a major disadvantage mm-hmm. in so many faces. And, yeah, anyway, it it just baffled me that mm-hmm. that was something that Elliot said out of his mouth. Like, and a point that they made Art- Hardison argue.
0: Mm. I was like, really? Like, anyway. You're gonna make Hardison fucking stand up for his actual reality, like... And, like, I don't know if maybe they were just trying to make, like, a political
1: point, because, like, Leverage will do this, like, yeah. a lot... But I was like, the setup was... It's interesting
0: was... that they used
1: Elliot to do it. Well, the setup was just whack. Mm. You know? Anyway. Uh, oh, and then they were up in the tree watching everyone go underneath them. And I was like, wow, this is so Hunger Games.
0: I just... I am... I feel like we were kind of robbed a little bit with that. We didn't get to see them climb the We tree. didn't get to see them climb up or down I was just going to say, down was,
1: would be better. <laughs> like,
0: I was like, how the fuck are they climbing a tree while handcuffed together? Like, I'm imagining kind of like that scene in Mulan. <laughs>
1: Oh my god, yes.
0: <laughs> Where she, like, climbs the pole to get the arrow. Like, uh, yeah, I just, I i do think we were robbed. I think it would be very funny to watch them either try to climb up or down the tree. Like, yeah. either Out one I way. would have been happy with. I'm, I'm sad that we literally only see them, like, we see them at the base of the tree, we see them in the tree, and then we see them kind of doing the last, like, half a metre jump down. Mm-hmm. But we don't see the actual climb.
1: Yeah, it's pretty rough, honestly. Yeah episode would have immediately been three mm-hmm. points better yeah
0: <laughs> i do want to talk uh, there's a couple more parker moments in mm-hmm. this episode that i really love yeah i don't know if they're worth like elaborating on at all but i just want to like mention them because personally i really love them i really do love when nate says like oh well no like this is what you're gonna tell him and parker immediately goes do you, kn- oh, do you running, know when i'm gonna die do you know when do i'm going <laughs> and it's like." Yes, baby girl, Parker. I think he's, like, a little bit psychic. It's good. Like, that's fine. That's very fine. You also get her when they're doing the Maz Dot special, um, and she goes, rocks, rocks on the track. Yeah.
1: And her fucking voice, who does she sound like? Because it was driving me mental. I I know exactly
0: who she sounds like. I can see her face. I literally cannot figure
1: it out, but I wrote down the note. We got rocks on the track, big rocks. And I put, why does she sound exactly like, dot, 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 because... I was like, she sounds exactly like someone. Who the fuck is it? And I just could not figure it out. I have a feeling that maybe it's like a cartoon character, like maybe a voice actor rather than like a person person, but like I don't know, man. If anyone who's listening has any idea who the fuck she sounds like, please God tell us because it's going to plague me for the rest of my life.
0: But no, so yeah, so her rocks on the tracks I think is fucking iconic and I love it so much. It is a voice and a half. Oh, I also just want to point out how insanely fit Parker is. Like when she's doing the fucking spin class or whatever oh to my god. scare everyone off, and I'm like, dude, the sexual tension between her and that one other
1: lady left on the bike. Oh my god, oh my god. But like, also, I don't think that would work. Like, I don't think that that would work as a ploy to like get the people out of the gym. I was like. Of everything they've ever done to clear an area, mm-hmm. I think this is the least believable like because I understand how like maybe you would have the people in the spin class like mm-hmm. want to leave. but I was like, what about the rest of the
0: fucking gym? I think like most of the the like I think the gym itself was pretty empty um the idea was to clear out sort of like the spin class. Mm. Because then, like, the gym looks a hell of a lot more empty if the spin class is empty. Especially when, like, he knew that, like, the spin class is normally, like... It looks like it's a decently popular class. Yeah. So for people not to show up to the spin class...
1: There's got to be a good reason. There's
0: got to be a reason. Which is, like, the ploy. And then you add on to it, like, angry boss. Yeah. Um, and so it sort of... Like, I understand yeah. the
1: concept. I just was like, I don't know if that would work.
0: I, would like... I think, if anything...
1: The people in the class might just not go as fast as Parker. <laughs> like, they would probably just slow down a little just bit. Just like half ass it. Instead yeah. Instead of giving up we'll Just it. like, instead of going at Parker's max, go at their yeah. max. Like. But Parker's like, she's fucking going. Mm hmm. And she's not breaking her fucking sweat. You cut to all these other people and they're soaked and she's just like, la la la. Crazy.
0: She's so. Yeah, which I think is really fun because, yeah, we talk a little bit in the, like, the season finale of last season about how Parker, like, Parker is hella strong and Parker Mm -hmm. is hella fit and you just sort of forget it because, like, a lot of her strength is, like, really lean and a lot of her strength is really, like, sort of flexible and that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. But, like, you know, Parker is insanely fit. Oh, yeah,
1: and I love that for her. Also... I loved the moment when she was, like, trying to find the, like, list of names or whatever. And she's like, if I was a top secret government document, where would I hide? And I'm, like, obsessed with the concept of her trying to get into the mindset of the document itself and not the person
0: hiding it. I think it also does... That scene does really speak to, like, sort of Parker's mentality of, like, for her, it's easier to pretend to be a top secret government list than another person. Or, like ascribing them
1: equal, like, identity.
0: And we also get Parker in this episode going, I love collecting money, which just... (laughs) Which is hilarious, because she does, but, like, like, not in this context. Like, like it's true, but it's also a lie. Like, it's it's, it's such a fun, like, entendre. The words on paper are true, but the words on paper in this context are a lie. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, we also get her sort of snooping around, like, his little... Which, by the way, he has a secret room hidden behind a bookcase. Like, love that. fucking goals. Yeah, like, like, hate him, love that. Yeah. And so she's like, she's like, and she's like, we've got guns and flags.
1: <laughs> that doesn't seem like a giant red flag at all.
0: <laughs> red flag.
1: Look, it could have been worse. They could have been Confederate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they could have been. I mean, to be <laughs> well, fair. Well, to be fair, I
1: don't know if that's worse.
0: They're only half a step away from being Confederate. Like, they're, mm. not, they're awfully close. Mm. I have a question mm. about.
1: The bank, actually. Like, this is a massive sidestep, sorry. but No,
0: that's okay. I do just, while while I'm, I've got one final thing on my, I love Parker list, which is at the end when they're standing there and the the bad guys are getting taken away, be the actual police, and Sophie and Parker are pretending to be the police. Parker just fucking whacks Sophie. I know, I
1: love it. It's great. And, like, you can tell that she's doing it because she's, like, seen other people do it. And it's, like, a camaraderie. Like, she's imitating people. But she's, like, actually hit Sophie instead of just, like, a casual tap. (laughs) And I love that, like, Sophie, like, looks at her. And she, like, smiles because she's, like, that hurt. But, like, I love what you're doing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) she's getting into character. She sees Parker committing to the character. And she's, like, I'm so fucking proud right now. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So the thing that I was just going to segue Mm -hmm. us into
0: is I, again, it's
1: just another thing where it's like, I, my belief was not very well suspended Mm -hmm. in this episode. And I don't know if that's just like, for some reason, I was being more like, this is unrealistic than normal. Or if it was the episode that I was like, this is not as realistic as it would normally be. Mm -hmm. And obviously like it's dramatized for television, blah, blah, blah. But when he, when Elliot and Hardison go to the bank and they ask for, like, a list of account names and holders and information. And the guy goes, okay. And, like, no fucking follow-up questions. Does not require, like, any kind of fucking warrant or anything. He's just like, yeah, okay, I'll give you that because you're wearing a jacket. I Well, they also show on the badge. I mean, yeah, for, like, literally half a second. Like, he doesn't ask for any other kind of verification. He doesn't ask for any formal documentation or anything. He's just like, sure, I'll give you a list of all of our fucking clients and their bank
0: details. I think it's also because he knew which accounts to ask for. Like, here's the thing. This is a small rural bank. So the chances are they've never been investigated by the IRS before. Like, they've never had... So, like, it's not like it's a big, like, massive city bank where, like, they'd be well-versed in what would and would not happen and those sort of things. Mm -hmm. So straight up he's flustered because this has never happened before. And then they ask for specific accounts. Like, they don't just, like... They don't just say, oh, we need all the accounts. Like, they, they go, we need the accounts under this name specifically. Which is, like, unless you had other information, you would know that they had an account with that bank. I mean, I guess.
1: But, like, I, I still was just kind of like, that wouldn't fucking happen. And if it would, that concerns me greatly. Yeah. <laughs> like, there should be other levels of security. Like, if this is a realistic scenario, it shouldn't be.
0: And I feel like also the other thing is... we don't actually know how much information they actually got given because actually the idea was for them to show up and ask about these accounts whether they get anything or not is not the point of them being there the point of them being there is so that whoever his man inside the bank is reports it reports it back to the mark of the week because we do also get Elliot twelve literally anything Spencer in this episode (laughs) as he twelves the fucking axe before like
1: yeah, obsessed with that. Yeah, love that for him. I want to talk about Sophie. Yep, yeah,
0: perfect. Because that's actually, where I think you going next, we've so.
1: literally not touched on her yeah. all episodes oh, so far, okay. and she's a fucking babe. She is. This episode is so so much good Sophie content. Mm-hmm. Like, honestly, she opens the office door herself. Fucking power move. Helps herself to his alcohol. Fucking power move refers to herself as a matchmaker, which made me think about Tamagotchi's, which I think is fun and I love. Beautiful, iconic, no notes, flawless. Love her.
0: I also just want to point out that I really love this one because this is an episode where they don't have lots of information about the mark going into the mark. So Sophie's having to read him on the fly. Mm -hmm. And you can see it. You can see it in the way she, like, takes in the office. You can see it in the way she's, like, reacting to what he... You can see it in the way that, like... He goes to the door to, like, deal with the fact that the employee's barged and is, like, they're at the bank, like, we need a concern. And she just, like, sits down on his couch, like. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. She exudes so much confidence. Mm. And it's excellent. It's exactly the same vibe as Tara stealing that one dude's sandwich Mm. and just starting eating it. Like, she's like, I have so much power here. Like, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, I'm going to let myself into your office and help myself to your fucking drinks. What are you going to do about Mm -hmm. it? Tell me to leave? No. I'm too important. Yeah. Love that for her. And honestly, like, I know that Elliot says, and we already talked about it, like, that whole, like, overconfidence will, like, get you killed. The thing is that she's not overconfident. No. She is exactly the amount of confidence she needs to be. And it's, like, such a, a fun line to watch her character walk. You know.
0: But also, it's really fun that line because overconfidence is what almost did get them killed. Yeah, which we which like, we already before, touched like, on, yeah. but like I feel like it needs to be reiterated. Like Elliot's overconfidence that the bank would be a simple like simple in out, and then they can go go throw a worm in the water. Mm-hmm. Which interesting phrasing of that one, uh, and we also do have Hardison's classic response of do I look like someone who eats at a bait shop? Which (laughs) I love Hardison so much. Um, And he really just exudes me energy in this episode. Uh, But yeah, like that's literally the entire thing. And so it's really interesting though as well, because then later on with Sophie, when they've worked out, like when you've got Parker and Nate who are sort of tackling, getting Elliot Hardison out of the dangerous situation. And then when you've got Sophie sort of doing the meeting with Mark alone, she is significantly less confident.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: And you can see that. You can see that change in her character as she realises, oh, fuck, this is, like... She's clearly distracted. Yeah. And I think that part of that is not so
1: much a loss of confidence,
0: but, like, worry.
1: Yeah. And I think that that is what is seeping through because she's genuinely worried about mm. Parker... Sorry, not Parker. Um, Elliot and Hardison. And, like, they don't know where they are. And I also think that Sophie is so intimately aware of the fact that, like, if they get kidnapped, they're fucked because of the whole the Iceman job like yeah. she like they're hopeless yeah. like sh- they don't and they don't have her to swoop in and save the day because she has to stay with the mark because Nate already can't be with the mark because yeah. he's trying to fix this problem so I think that it was a really interesting way to sort of have them split up in a way like they're all still connected primarily because of the comms but even then the comms fail which we've never really had before like yeah. previously if the comms aren't working it's because they've been like hacked by like their, someone else's specifically fucked the frequency or like normally someone taken like, one out yeah. or like when Nate was in prison obviously he couldn't have one until they got one to him like yeah. all these things but like this is the first time where like all of them had them no one was purposely fucking with them it was just circumstantial yeah that they weren't gonna work and so like they were not only geographically split up but like they were unable to communicate mm-hmm. in the way they normally can Through no outside interference, just by circumstance.
0: You said earlier that they didn't touch base with them. And I think, actually, thinking back on the episode, I think it's meant to be implied that they did touch base. I think they touched base as they were, like... Leaving the bank? Yeah, the bank... They they were basically, like, the bank's all sorted, we're going to go fishing now, essentially. Mm. And then they lost reception as they were getting kidnapped, sort of thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I guess so. But also, you would, like... They get kidnapped literally seconds after yeah. having the conversation. Like, you would think that yeah, the others would, would still be listening something. through yeah. the comms. Here's, here's actually a question about the comms that, like, has always kind of bothered me, but, like... It's
0: never been relevant enough to ask. Yeah. Which
1: is, like, they don't... Ch- like, it's not like a walkie-talkie or something where you press a button when you want yeah. to talk, and that is when your voice travels. Mm. They just talk normally into, mm. like, at, when they're talking to the comms versus when yeah. they're talking to other people. So, like... Does everyone just constantly hear every single conversation that is happening for all five? Because that would
0: be impossible. So normally, normally, uh, Hardison is monitoring all the comms so he can mm-hmm. hear everything. But they can turn them on and off. Like, yeah, but you can't like swap between individuals, right? Like, so if Nate has his
1: comms on yeah. and in, he can hear every single conversation that is happening between. But you everyone. can essentially
0: mute your own comms. Like if you don't want them to hear what you're talking about, you can mute your own comms so that you can still hear everybody else. Mm. But you can't like but they can't hear you. Okay. Because that was so, th- I don't know if it's just like never been
1: explicitly pointed out. I just don't think or it's, it's ever been. Missed it. Yeah.
0: I think it's just never been relevant, so they haven't like pointed it out. Because
1: my whole thing was like they would be able to hear the entire scenario yeah. that's happening, even without Elliot or Hardison specifically being like, hey, guys, we're getting kidnapped. Like, they would be able to hear the yeah. people being like, hands up, like, we're going to fucking kill
0: you, you yeah. know, because we know at the, that point, like, in the car park, they yeah. still have reception. So maybe, maybe what it's meant to imply is that, like, you know, they had the conversation, they checked in, and then they were going fishing, so they'd, like, muted them or something. I don't know, man. But even that seems weird. I don't know. I don't know why, like, Elliot was like, let's go fishing while we're doing this massively important fucking job. Like. Yeah. I think. Again, overconfidence will kill you. Yeah. Like.
1: I also think it's interesting. And one of the things that I found with Leverage
0: is that they don't do a lot
1: of self-reflection, which seems wild. Because you, like, it's Nate's whole fucking arc and Sophie's whole fucking arc. But I swear to God, Elliot, Hardison, and Parker, like, they have all these, like, emotions. Like, again, with, like. Hardison being fucked off with Nate at the end of last season, and they just never fucking address it properly. Yeah, like, um, they
0: address it, but it's sort of in a half, half
1: yeah, throw away sort of way. Exactly, and, like, Elliot in this episode doing his whole bit about overconfidence will get you killed, that would have been a perfect opportunity for him to be like, I should have known better than to... Fucking yeah. half assed this con. I should have, we should have waited like yeah. until we
0: knew everyone was in the clear. We should have waited until, you know. We should have whatever. done a bit at the bank and then just hang out for a couple of days after the monk had been taken down.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, what if they had found out that something had gone horribly wrong and someone had been hurt or killed or been arrested and they were out fishing, fishing and they could have helped? Like, yeah. it's a terrible tactical move, which again feels weird for Elliot, whose whole thing is about the safety of the crypt. Like, yeah, I don't know. I didn't realise as I was watching it, like, I would... It's a bit of a spoiler for, like, my, my rating. Like, when I was watching this episode, I was like, yeah, it's, like, fine. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's, it's an episode of Leverage. It's fine. But, like, like, the more I think about the characterization of Elliot and the choices he was making, and, like, some of the rest of this episode, the more I'm annoyed.
0: Which is weird, considering some of this, like, some of this episode, there is peak Elliot characterization. Yeah. Like, yeah, of course he knows how to run from a whole bunch of guys with the guns. Yeah, of course he knows exactly how to count how far he's gone when he's kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Like. All of the skills that they've given him in this episode seem really, really, like, on the money on Mark. They make so much sense. Yeah. And then just, like, other things about, like, his attitude and that it's like, oh, well, why would Elliot volunteer to go fishing instead of actually doing his fucking job, especially considering that he's the one who volunteered himself and, like, split the team up Mm -hmm. and, like...
1: Yeah, and it just seems
0: like poor tactical
1: choice after Mm. poor tactical
0: choice after poor tactical choice, especially, like, even if he turned his comms off. Mm.
1: Another fucking poor tactical choice.
0: Especially considering that Elliot is, tactically, a fucking genius. Mm. Like, Like, it's even... And then here's the thing, like, you're right, we do get some great Elliot stuff. Like, I actually have a
1: line that I wanted to talk about at the very end, or close to the end, where he says you would kill to protect your rights, a real soldier would die to protect someone else's. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, peak Elliot. Peak fucking Elliot. Like, But yeah, and then so much of this episode, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, Hardison is the one who has to convince him to stay and make sure that the civilians aren't
0: casualties. Like. And that's great for Hardison and his development and, like... And it provides a really lovely mirror to sort of midway through the inside job when Parker goes, no, if I leave now... Yeah, exactly. They can kill a whole bunch of people by walking out the blight themselves. Mm -hmm. It's lovely, lovely narrative symmetry for Parker and Hardison. But it's also, like, actually, Elliot should have had a say in this. And, like,
1: the thing is, like... Elliot, I understand his primary focus is getting him and Hardison out alive. So, like, he's
0: like, we got to get on the train. And I'm like, yes, that makes sense. However, like... We also have Hardison having to specifically call out, actually. You know what? With these guys who are much massive fucking racists, I'm probably in more fucking danger than you are. Yeah. And it just doesn't make any
1: fucking sense. Like, you know, or even even if Elliot had been like, right. Like, if they found a way to break the handcuffs and Elliot had been like, right, you get on the train i'm um, gonna stay here and watch them you bring back up like yeah. you go fucking like you let the others yeah. know
0: what's going on like properly the issue was that that they're the still connected so you can't send one
1: person off without the other true but they had already like made that one. or oh, is this just after or just before they had just made that dude unconscious because then they
0: have the axe yeah so basically i can't remember if the train had fully gone past okay that so time. the train's coming across they get caught by that dude they do the really fucking hilarious, like no, you've got to go. Uh, no, and they're like, just hold on a second, dude. We're fucking working yeah, this. Yeah, and they twisty and they yeah. do the twisty. See, and they'll walk. and then they take that dude out, and the train's still going past. Yeah, so they wouldn't
1: have taken the axe and gotten because that's
0: how they imply. Yeah, I it. think the issue is if they had gotten the axe, the amount of time it would have taken for them to actually get rid of the handcuffs, the train would have passed anyway. Because the train is already coming across. Yeah, but the train is moving that fucking slow. Like the amount of time
1: it takes for the train to get to them when they're having that conversation, and then the amount of time it takes—like there is full minutes to go past yeah. while this train goes so slowly past them. Honestly,
0: like, and I'm gonna say
1: that like I just
0: I reckon it would have taken like five minutes to get themselves apart with the axe I and know the train. They would. Because they have to get the axe, find a rock to leave the handcuffs onto there, something to cut them against, and then it was probably at least two or three or four whacks to try and get them bloody separated. And then by the time they got back to the train, I don't think that would have been like timing-wise. Like they might have been able to do it, but I think it would. There's a good ninety percent chance that they would just simply would not have been able to catch the train again.
1: Two solutions to that, if they had wanted to change the way they did the episode to, in my opinion, make it better, one. The guy that they knock out has keys to the handcuffs.
0: He, I don't think he does.
1: Okay, but I'm saying oh, to make the they episode better. Him, they they, he could have been the one who put the handcuffs on him, so he could have had the key. Yeah. They undo it. It takes two seconds. Option number two, they both get on the train. They hit the handcuffs for a couple minutes, which honestly, I don't think they would take that long for them to break apart with an axe and enough force, but... Like the chain is fucking. Bloody. But also the
0: thing is you gotta remember, because they're handcuffed with one hand, they can't use like two hands on the axe. Like they're trying to do it cocky handed, like
1: I mean, even so, like if the axe is sharp enough and the metal's flimsy enough, it would not take that much, but with like enough force. But then Elliot just jumps back off the train.
0: You know? Like I think there are ways that they could have done it which would have made more sense. I also think they might not have known about the axe until they searched the guy when they decided to stay.
1: I mean, I would argue that Elliot would know what the guy was ha- had on him as a Trapping. weapon immediately. Yeah. Like, But again, this could fall into Elliot not being characterized very well. Yeah. Like, I just think that there were really easy ways they could have made this episode a lot better. And now that I'm thinking about it, I'm low-key mad. <laughs> because usually, average episodes are, like, so well thought out. And I feel like this one just wasn't very well. Like, they had so much going on. I feel like it actually detracted from... The plot overall, because I feel like not because as much they had so many different
0: th- elements, the execution of specific elements was wasn't great. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. Personally, I think there is a whole host of reasons why they didn't have them like spot the axe and then use the axe and then this that the other. And yeah, I just
1: I'm sure they had reasons. I yeah. just don't agree with them. <laughs> like I just think it could have yeah. been better if they had thought more about Elliot's characterization mm. than they seemingly did. And, like, to be fair, of subjective blah, blah, blah. But, like, this is just one of those ones where I'm like, I don't know, man. I just think, like, they probably could have done better.
0: Also, as you know, I'm a big proponent for characters not splitting up. I mean, yeah, but they'd already split up the team once. Like, honestly. Okie dokies. I think I actually don't have too much more to say about this episode. Like, I think the episode is okay. Like, I think it's a... It's a, it's a decently okay. It's a pretty good episode, but it's, it's not a fantastic episode. And I think... I think, like, there is not too much other, like, real significance. Like, I think, I honestly think one of the most important things about this episode is literally just the the character development and growth that is Parker deleting all the medical debt. Like, I feel like that, the symmetry between that and also the moment where Hardison decides not to get on the train, despite the fact Elliot's like, I need to get you to safety. Mm-hmm. I think that is also really important. Oh, I feel like I missed a single point, which is, like, I feel bad for Brandon. Like, I don't because he's, like, low-key a Nazi, but also I do feel bad for Brandon. Like, they're so mean to him, like... I think that, considering this was an hour's worth of
1: television, granted with ads, so 45 45 minutes, minutes. Yeah, the fact that the most significant points can be boiled down to literally a minute of screen time... Mm and is, like, based in, like, character analysis and not something that is blatantly given to us within the episode, I think that speaks to, like, the episode in general. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, I also thought this episode was fine. Yeah. But I also, like, I don't know, like, it just was fine. Like, enough happened in it that was, like, out of character to me or, like, felt weird or, like, felt off that, I don't know, it just... Because, like, I agree. Like, I
0: think we've got some really great moments It it feels more of, like, an episode of moments versus just a good episode. Yeah. I have some other points that I could make, but I'm not
1: really fussed about They're mostly just me being, like, (laughs) annoyed that people complain that their tax money is going to support other people.
0: Oh, yeah. I I also... I didn't note it down specifically, but I was like... He's like, you know, it's not going to anyone. Like, it's like... I hate this kind of fucking concept where people are like,
1: oh, our taxpayer dollars are just going to support people on welfare. It's like, yes. That's the whole fucking point of like, And like, if you were ever in a position where for some reason you fell on hard times and you had to sign up for welfare, you would be
0: supported by the welfare. Like, it's there for fucking everyone. The whole idea, though, is like, Okay, yes, there are certainly some people who have worked out ways to take advantage of the welfare system, but the issue is they frame it as if these people are the majority. Mm-hmm. They're not. They're like point zero 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 one percent of the people on welfare. The other 99.99% of people are people who genuinely can't work for one reason or another, Yeah, but they still deserve to fucking live. Yeah, exactly. It's like the fucking...
1: just just comes down to fucking dignity. Like, and the amount of hoops that you are made to jump through to, like, I mean, here in Australia, we have Centrelink. I'm In the US, I'm sure you have, you know, it's different systems limits, or, like, yeah. whatever. But, like, the amount of fucking hoops that they make you jump through and the amount of bullshit that you have to, like, do to, first of all, get hit at all, but then continue to receive it. Like, all of the fucking XYZ, you know, caveats as to, like, you have to have applied for X many jobs within, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. It's, like, fucking hell... Like, people do not choose to have to live on government support. No. Because it's fucking hard. And even once you're on it, like, people have to this fucking mentality that it's some cushy lifestyle. It is not enough money. No. It is not. It is
0: barely, barely money for rent. It like, is enough money to theoretically survive if you are spending the bare minimum money on literally everything. Yeah. Including rent rent and food and that's what like there is like food
1: is like oh i will buy two dollar instant noodles yeah like i will buy a 30 cent apple like you're not buying nice food you are not buying Mm. nutritiously like dense food you are buying the cheapest possible shit because you have to like oh man it i get really pissy about people being like oh my my heart and dollars are going towards these people who don't do anything it's like you
0: get Get fucked (laughs) and like like the other thing is like large especially people who are on like disability pensions and that no one is really choosing to go and like i the the amount of people who are choosing to go on a disability pension versus working when they're actually able to work Mm -hmm. is absolutely fucking minuscule and it's also the matter of like again coming to dignity
1: having to go to a person and prove your disability Mm. like what what like if you think about it for more than like 10 minutes like it is not even that long honestly it's like it's so fucked and like obviously we have to have systems for this we have to have systems for this because we just have to and obviously like it's it's shit and they could make it better but at least we have it i guess you know like they should do things to improve it but same goes for any social service like Mm -hmm. same goes for medicare or Obamacare or whatever, you know, your country's... Like the NHS. Like, whatever equivalent you have. Like, there are always improvements that could be made. 100%. You know? Like, we have Hex debt here for, like, tertiary and university. Like... Yeah. We could have free university. Like, we could. it
0: could always be better. But it's, like, it's it's kind of, like, steps. It's like, okay, gold tier, free university for everyone. Mm-hmm. Second tier, Hex debt, which is essentially state-sponsored funding for schools that you only have to repay when you make a certain amount of money and also there is no interest on it. Mm-hmm. And then you have a bottom-of-the-barrel tier, which is, like, whatever the fuck America has going on, where you end up with, like, $40,000 worth of student debt that, in like, accrues interest at a, frankly, alarming rate and most people can never afford to fully pay off. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, yeah, our, like, state-sponsored debt is better. Still on debt. But it's still debt. Like, yeah. It's, it's just...
1: I think that it's just an apt opportunity to remind people that you are way, way, way closer... To poverty to than poverty you are. To poverty than you are to, like, Bezos. Yeah. Like, seriously? Like, if you're gonna complain about your tax dollars being used to finance things like public healthcare schemes and Centrelink and, like, these are services... That there is such a high possibility that you
0: will need at some
1: point All in your, your life is to be in a
0: significant workplace accident and unable to work, and you will need to claim disability.
1: Yeah, honestly, like not even not even that. It could be that you have a you could have a a parent or relative or friend who has that accident, and then you become a carer for that person, yeah. and then you like. So many things could happen, and all it takes is one instant. All it takes is 30 fucking seconds. And you will be so reliant on these services. So, like, I just get so pissy when people are like, oh, my taxpayer dollars are going to them. Like, fucking, this is why we have taxes. This is why we, we have these social structures to support people who need it. Get mad about mega corporations being given tax breaks.
0: And they always get pissy about like, oh, how dare my tax dollars go to support people who need it, and not oh, why are my tax dollars going to support a fucking forty billion dollar stadium getting built? Yeah, like, like, like which right. one is actually more necessary?
1: Like, yeah, and like you know the economy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, honestly, like if you're gonna be mad about taxes, get mad at the fact that the richest people pay fucking nothing comparatively to yeah. the poorest. Like, get mad about that. But don't get mad that your taxes are being put to good use.
0: Like what (laughs) Okay, we need to get off this. Yeah, otherwise we will spiral. Did you have any other points that you would like to make today? Because I am tucked out. Alright, lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening to us. That leaves us with a few questions at the end of the episode. Beth, what would you rate today's episode of leverage the gone fishing job? I don't
1: wanna offend you. But I am gonna give it a low score. How low? I look. I was gonna give that's- it. A th- I was gonna give it a three. Yep. On initial watch, I was gonna give it a three. Yeah. On reflection and discussion, I I'm too mad.
0: Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna give it a two point five. Okay. No, which- that's fair. here's the thing: if you had given it a one point five or a two, mm. I probably would have been mad. But I understand fully a two point five given the discussion that we've had. Yeah. Because it's definitely, like, one of those episodes where I think we had one with Supernatural Natural in 4.13, mm-hmm. where I was like, on watching the episode, I wasn't that mad. And then we talked about it. Yeah. And, it's and like, I was like, I am fucking pissy now, so I'm going to dock points. Yeah, and it's it's not even just, like, I'm not trying to be petty. No. I'm like, look, if this is, like, someone's all-time favourite episode, like, no fucking shade. Like, media I is I subjective. I want to it's not a bad episode. It's just there are certainly some shortcomings that... Damage the watch experience for us.
1: I just think that there are such tiny things that could have been done that would have made this episode so much more enjoyable and would have done a better job of suspending my my disbelief than what they chose to do. And that's really frustrating. And I think the reason that it is particularly frustrating is because I have learned to have a certain standard for leverage. Yes. When they don't meet the standard that they have set... It's frustrating because I know how good it can be. So when it's not that good, I'm like, I know you can do better. I know you can do better. And so I am more inclined to give them a lower score because they've raised the bar themselves.
0: They've set their own standard and now they're like, they're ducking under the bar. It's like, but you set the bar. Mm -hmm. If you weren't planning on clearing the bar, why did you set it at that height? Yeah, like if I'm comparing this episode
1: to the very first episode, the pilot... This episode knocks the pilot, like I would say, out of the park because I think with only those two episodes context, I didn't really like the pilot very much. I didn't enjoy it. I thought it was whack. But comparatively, like this episode to everything else I've seen beyond the pilot is just like they, at this point in the series, they have set a standard. They've set a precedent. And so now when they don't meet it, I'm disappointed. Yeah. And especially when it comes down to characterization stuff, because that is, you know, Something that I personally really love. And so, you know, caveat, caveat, subjective,
0: blah, 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 opinions. But that's that's my... I'm going to give it a 2.5. Yep, that seems fair to me. And then, how do you think this episode ties into getting Moreau? No fucking idea.
1: But I do think it does. Yeah. And <laughs> I've been listening back to some of the edits for earlier in this season. And it's wild because I have forgotten so much of what I said. Yeah. But I genuinely think that... Like, I basically was like, I'm going to play for odds. You told me that not every episode links tomorrow. But I'm like, well, if I just assume every episode does, then I'm not going to miss one. (laughs) So I, like, but genuinely this one, I was like, this has to link tomorrow. Like, this case kind of comes out of fucking nowhere. Like, they clearly have also, like, gone on it immediately. Like, you know, we had Elliot being like, we need to take a break. And Nate being like, no, no, we have to do this. Like, it makes me wonder if maybe there was, like, an off screen tip from the Italian, Mm -hmm. you know. Or maybe, like, I don't know, she sent him a fucking note under the door or, like, a mysterious briefcase. That seems to be, like, her kind of thing. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm like, no, no, this has got to be linked, especially with the whole, like, weird anti-government militia uprising thing. Like, that feels culty, and I just feel like maybe that's... Like, my whole thing has been, like, I think there's some kind of, like, massive criminal underground ring. Like, a lot of the episodes this season, and to be fair, like, just in general in the show, are about money, but particularly, like, hiding money, money laundering, like, all these things. And so I think that this one definitely has to be like, definitely has to be tied in somehow. I don't know how, but we actually also get the head, like, Mark dude of this episode making the point, like, the whole operation is at risk or whatever, and you have to get to, like, a safe house. And I'm like that could, like, the quote-unquote operation could relate to a larger entity rather than just, like, their weird little... Corner of it. Corner of it, yeah. So it did make me wonder if maybe, like, that is a link somehow or if maybe, you know, all of this stuff with, like, he's previously been linked to the IRS, obviously he has a mole, like, you know, all these bits. I'm like, okay, well, maybe that is going to be relevant.
0: Right, lovely. Okay, perfect. The next episode is called The Boost Job. What do you think it's about?
1: It's not going to be what I think it's about. I'm sure that you know what I'm about to say. I know.
0: You've already said it in a previous episode, and I almost certainly have cut that section of the audio out because that <laughs> was a long episode, and I'm midway through <laughs> editing it. But I don't
1: remember bringing this up before, but I guess I'm going to bring it up now. So in Australia, we have a franchise called Booster Juice. <laughs> you've brought it up. So I'm going to say... That The episode is set in a Boost Juice. I just think it would be really fun Mm. to see Elliot have to do customer service. I would like to see Hardison, like, doing PR for Boost Juice. Like, I go into a board meeting with Sophie and, like, pitching the new flavours. You know, I would love to see Parker trying to use the blender. I just feel like we could get some passive-aggressive banana, like, cutting. I think it would be very fun. Not quite sure what Nate would be doing in this. I
0: feel like, though, Parker would get so much joy from operating a blender. I think I agree with you. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But no, I can just see... I can see the Elliot wearing the little bandana. He would be such a terrible boosty. Uh, I hate fric- <laughs> to
0: break this to you, but you are completely wrong. Not, oh, like, not like I don't tell you, but...
1: No, no. I feel
0: like this time it is clear that you are wrong. This one so, is just
1: me building a fan fiction in okay. my head. Um. Okay, so for an actual guess, honestly, the word boost conjures two things for me. One, boost juice, yeah. you know, props to their marketing team. But two, like a booster chair or like the concept of giving someone a yeah. boost, mm-hmm. like whether that's, like, a boost in the terms of, like, Mario Kart or, like, a boost in terms of, like, a leg up kind of thing. But I don't really know how that could apply to a leverage mm. plot. Like, I'm not really sure how, like, either of those concepts would tie in to a con. Do you know what I mean? So, like, unless they are giving someone a boost, like, <laughs> maybe maybe Sterling is back for the episode and they managed to, like, boost his career somehow, like, with Interpol, like, who fucking knows? I just... Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I love the boost juice coworker yeah. fan fiction that okay. I've got in my head. Oh my god, I know who Nate is. Nate is the secret shopper. <laughs> Nate is the secret shopper. Yeah. Anyway, um, but I've got no idea.
0: Okay. All about right. an
1: actual guess.
0: No, that's that's absolutely okay. All right, lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening to our episode today. If you'd like to join us again next week for the boost job, we would be. Absolutely fucking honoured, but if you do want to interact with us anywhere outside of these like hour-long recordings that we release every week, you can find us on various social media platforms, a whole bunch of links will be in the description, etc. Feel free to talk to us about literally anything but suggested topics of conversation include
1: how freaking balls-to-the-walls incredible Sophie was in this Mm -hmm. episode. Her energy, fucking peak, love that for her.
0: Oh, are you are you are you an Elliot in this situation or Hardison? Do you fucking <laughs> love the outdoors or do you hate them? Tag like, yourself. Tag yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. Genuine question. Would you eat food in a
1: bait shop? <laughs> <laughs> Genuine question. Do you enjoy fishing? Yeah. Because I think people have very polarizing takes on this.
0: I am scared of fishing. It's yeah. I look. Look, I've made a lot of jokes this episode about being hardest and but I actually like fishing. <laughs> I, I <laughs> because have... I have some really lovely memories of fishing with my dad as a child.
1: So that is so dean coded of you. <laughs>
0: um, I have a except for the fishing. one time that I went fishing with my dad in a fucking little dinghy, and I caught the only fish that was big enough to fucking keep, and then they used it in the crab trap, and we didn't even catch any fucking crabs
1: trauma dumping with Jamie.
0: <laughs> I'm scared
1: of fishing because the one time that my parents took me fishing, I was a small child and I was standing on a rocky outcrop and I caught a fish, but the fish was stronger than tiny me
0: and I nearly died. So. <laughs> I have almost, almost died fishing because my sister caught a blowfish. Oh, fun. Yeah, they're just casually very so poisonous. poisonous.
1: Yeah, we, oh, do you know what? Same trip, different day, we saw a blue ring jellyfish.
0: Ah. Oh. Mm. Same my mum was like,
1: look at that. Don't touch it.
0: Same trip. They <laughs> caught a catfish as well. Oh, also poisonous. Wild. I love this country. <laughs> I went I went scuba diving one time, and we just casually saw a seal. Mm-hmm. And then we saw a stingray. Oh my god, yes. I've seen stingrays. Like, you, you just like fucking at the beach, and they're like, wee, hello. And then, different dive. Someone was on the jetty, and they just fucking caught a shark. Mm-hmm. On a... a so wild. they walked... They walked it down the jetty. Threw it off. So they could release it. Mm-hmm. So they could get it unattached because it was too heavy to actually pull up. So they were yeah. walk it down the jetty. Like a
1: dog. Yeah, like I love that, dog. like in the water. Like
0: yeah. Yeah, so they could release it and throw it back. Mm. Anyway, thank you so much for listening to our episode today. Have a lovely morning, night, evening, afternoon, lunch, brunch, any time of the day that you have decided to listen to this. Bye. Bye.